amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. I'm Stephen Monteith, and I'm here to talk to you about the future of DC movies. Uh, everybody's got some kind of opinion about what the DC movie universe should be doing, what direction it should be going, what movies they should make, who should be in them. Uh, and as much as I love the DCEU, it just seems that I should make one of these myself just to be clear on where I stand on all of it. Just so you don't. Anyway. First, let me tell you a little bit about what's happening with the DCEU right now. First, um, we've got Aquaman came out December. It's almost done with its theatrical theatrical run it's made well over a billion dollars it's the most successful dc movie since the dark Knight trilogy and it's fantastic people love it i love it i think it's great next movie we got uh, shazam comes out next month it's going to be awesome you know there have been a few people who've seen some early screenings of it, they say they all love it. So, yeah, there's some some hope for where that is right now. A couple other movies that are in production. We've got the sequel to the Wonder Woman movie, Wonder Woman uh, 1984. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the exact title or if that's just the year that it's supposed to come out, but everybody's calling it Wonder Woman 84, so, yeah. For now, that's what it is. Uh, the villain in that movie is going to be um, is going to be Cheetah. You know the the Cheetah Woman, the the supervillain who fights Wonder Woman sometimes. And other than Steve Trevor's back somehow, that's pretty much all I know about it. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, the Suicide Squad sequel. It's... This is where things start getting a little grim for me, because if you've heard my... If you've listened to my podcast on James Gunn, then you know how I feel about him directing the Suicide Squad sequel. And I really... I'm never going to call it a sequel again because it's not a sequel. They are, it's a reboot. You know, I don't care what the hell they call it. They're rebooting the Suicide Squad. Not only are they bringing in a new director, you know, with a new vision and everything for the franchise, probably changing the lineup completely, except for one character, the character of Deadshot, who in the first Suicide Squad movie was played by Will Smith, is now going to be played by Idris Elba. Normally, I'd be okay with them casting Idris Elba as just about anything, 
But, I mean, that's it. Will Smith is gone. They lost a major talent, somebody who really, really, especially in the director's cut of Suicide Squad, really made that movie. You know, he was fantastic. He was one of my favorite parts. He's such a layered actor. And far from just being funny in that movie, he gave us a lot of truly dramatic moments. And he could have given us a lot more. There was talk about a Deadshot solo movie. But now, that's done. I mean, nobody's talking about that anymore. And Idris Elba coming in as the new Deadshot, Will Smith's out. He's gone. You know, just like Jared Leto is gone as the Joker, just like Ben Affleck is gone as Batman. Three incredibly talented actors who've been nominated for so many awards apiece and gotten so many awards apiece and, you know, they could have done so much with them. And I'll talk about that uh, in this podcast. Uh, Basically, I'm going to talk about what I think they should have done with these characters to, you know, sort of keep them around and what they could be doing in future movies. All right, but first let's talk about some characters that they're not currently doing anything with. I mean, we had had three years ago, right around this time, Batman vs. Superman came out. And it teased a few characters that a lot of people were really, really hoping to see in movies for the first time ever. Obviously, you know, we teased Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Like I said, they both had successful movies and, you know, then they had The Flash and his movie is just taking forever to do anything with it. They've gone through, like, several uh, directors and script rewrites and everything. And then there was Cyborg. You know, he was one of the one of the great parts of the Justice League movie. You know, his actor Ray Fisher, great actor, phenomenal. He's he's almost completely unknown, but he you know, has a lot of potential. We'll talk about what uh, what we do for a cyborg movie and a Flash movie. Maybe uh, hear a little bit more about. potential spin-offs for them even but really the biggest problem is like I said before they got rid of Ben Affleck you know it's not like they kicked him out the door he really uh, I mean he if you accept everything that was said at face value, he voluntarily left the project. You know, it started off with him saying that, it started off with him writing a Batman movie that was that he was going to star in and that he was going to direct. And then he stepped back and said, 
but he doesn't want to direct and write and star in a movie because that's too much uh, too much effort for a project of this size, plenty one person. And that was fine. And they brought in a new director, and he started talking about writing a new script. And you know, he started hearing about that for like a year, and then started talking about how maybe there are separate projects, about how maybe this new director, Matt Reeves, who's not really happy about having to come in and direct someone else's script, again, you know, very reasonable. He started talking about how he's going to do a movie with a younger version of Batman and about how we could still see Ben Affleck as an older version of Batman. And then, you know, just in the last couple of weeks, Ben Affleck has completely left the project. He's not Batman anymore. Yeah. Never say never, that's what they always say, but basically, this has been coming for a long time. He's gone. And I'm really upset about that. But not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about how upset I am because that could be an entire podcast on its own and I don't want to do that kind of podcast. I don't want this to be, you know, a negative uh, podcast. I want this to be more constructive, more positive, if at all possible. So instead, I'm going to talk about what we could have seen with him, what I would have liked to have seen. Now, if you read the Batman comics, are familiar with them at really at all, then you know that um, there's a character in the Batman family called Jason Todd, and he was Robin for a while. After the original Robin, Dick Grayson, went on to become the hero Nightwing, Jason Todd became the new Robin. And then in an event that was called Death in the Family, the Joker killed Jason Todd. And because nobody stays dead in the comics for too long, he was eventually resurrected as a character named Red Hood. Now, a lot of people thought that the best thing for a live-action Batman movie would be an adaptation of the Red Hood storyline. So, I mean, first of all, we've got the Joker, Jared Leto, and Ben Affleck. We know that they needed to have a Batman movie with the two of them, because you can't have a Batman without a Joker. Yeah, everyone had him. The Tim Burton movies, Jack Nicholson's Joker was iconic. He and Michael Keaton were great together. The animated series... Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, fantastic Batman versus Joker. Going all the way back to Adam West and Cesar Romero as Joker, two great actors, giving it their best in that series. And, of course, Christian Bale and Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. But what we really needed, what really would have cemented the DCEU, would have been... A Ben Affleck versus Jared Leto Joker movie. And 
and a Red Hood storyline would have been perfect for that. And it would have shown us how Ben Affleck uh, became so so grizzled about how his Batman became so hardened, about how he became so willing to give up his his morals and everything until he got to the point where he could actually kill people in Batman versus Superman. So everybody just sort of figured that uh, death in the family would be the type of story that they would do, the type of story that they would show. But more recently, there was a much larger um, storyline. See, DC Comics, they go through reboots every few years. The whole continuity gets rebooted. And most recently, there was uh, a Batman storyline called Death of the Family. And the Joker basically figures out the identities of Batman and all of his Robins and Batgirl and, you know, starts going around after them one at a time. And that's the kind of Batman movie I would have liked to see. Not death in the family, but death of the family. You know, it doesn't, I don't want to spoil too much about the comic itself for you, but I think it would have been perfect, you know, even more so than a Red Hood movie, because that one would have been too much about Jason Todd himself. You know, it wouldn't have been so much about Batman versus the Joker. Plus, you know, we had the throwaway line in the Justice League movie where Commissioner Gordon sees that Batman has, you know, his friends in the league and he says it's good to see you playing well with others again. You know, we could have seen not just how Batman became so hardened, but how, you know, he lost touch with all of his sidekicks, all of his teammates, you know, how he lost his family. I think it would have worked pretty well with the, uh, with the kind of tone that people say the DCEU was building up for itself. It's not, it's not so much that I like darkness, but it really would have worked for this Batman. It really would have worked for Ben Affleck, and Jared Leto would have had a chance to really show off his Joker, you know, chops, basically. And it would have given us something to do besides, um, besides seeing him with Harley. Because as much as I love Joker and Harley, I love seeing them apart even more because something that the something that the director's cut of Suicide Squad showed was that Joker didn't really, you know, love Harley that much. You know, she was uh, just somebody who, if he told her to do something, she would do it. You know, and that's. That's another thing that Death of the Family, the comics, uh, showed a little bit of. And Harley, of course, you know, the 
there was another DCEU movie coming out uh, next year called Birds of Prey, and that's going to show Harley basically on her own. You know, the movie is called Birds of Prey, but but Harley is going to be a huge figure in that one. She's going to get her own storyline. By the way, there's a uh, another character in that Birds of Prey movie uh, called Renee Montoya. I just want to make a little note right here. She's going to be played by Rosie Perez. And Rosie Perez's character, Renee Montoya, should definitely get her own movie. Because yeah, she's, uh, in addition to being a cop in Gotham City, she's also a superhero called The Question. Yeah, there was, well, she's sort of the second uh, question. The first question was a guy named Vic Sage, but I think they should have a little movie with the two of them, you know. Anyway, so that covers what I think they should be doing with Batman. Um, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, about the other characters that I think they're wasting right now. They really need to get on the ball with Flash. I mean, at this point, uh, I really think that it doesn't matter what kind of Flash movie they tell as long as they tell a really good one. But personally, I still want to see them do a Flashpoint movie. You know, a Flashpoint movie could be a way for them to reboot the DC if they're still you know, trying to do that if they're still trying to reboot the DCEU into something that's, you know, softer and lighter and everything. You know, all these movies that are coming out now, Aquaman, Shazam, you know, even Wonder Woman, they're all, everybody is saying it should be, it should be lighter. It shouldn't be so dark the way Batman versus Superman was. But, I mean, it's not like that was ever meant to be the tone of the whole universe anyway. And that was the, that was the Empire Strikes Back of the series. It was the second movie where things get dark, and then Justice League was going to be the movie where things get bright again. Yeah. But... Let's not get into that discussion over again. Let's talk about Flashpoint. Flashpoint is where is a storyline where the Flash uh, goes back in time to try and save his mother from dying, but in doing so, he never actually becomes the Flash, and everything in his universe just sort of changes. You know, it's sometimes in little ways. But when you're talking about superheroes, a lot of little things changing can lead to a lot of really big differences down the line. One of the big differences is, of course, uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne survive, and Bruce is the one who dies. So we saw in Batman versus Superman that Thomas Wayne is played by uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays, of course, Negan on The Walking Dead. 
and plays uh, uh, John Winchester in the Supernatural series. And, and he would have been a really good pick for the Flashpoint Thomas Wayne, who becomes Batman, and his wife, uh, played by Lauren Cohen, uh, Martha Wayne. I don't want to spoil all of it for you, but if you want to read Flashpoint, you'll see a lot of really great twists that I think would work in a Flashpoint movie because they've got a lot of really great actors established to take on all of these. One more thing, uh, whatever they do for a Flash movie, they should introduce the character of Gorilla Grodd. He's going to become important later. He's a, he's a gorilla, he's huge, he's also brilliant, you know, he's got some, some uh, telepathic powers, you know, that sort of thing. He's really, uh, he's somebody that's been teased, you know, in the Justice League movie, uh, The Flash has a little throwaway line about how he knows gorilla sign language. Yeah. Anyway, so, but they should really introduce him, and I'll tell you why a little bit later on. First, there's um, one more movie that I want to talk about. And after I talk about that movie, then I'll talk about the big movie that I would use to wrap up this uh, particular phase of the DCEU. And that movie is Superman, Birthright. Now, there should definitely be another Superman solo movie. Now, I've talked about this before. You know, I have a... I have a podcast on it that you can listen to about my ideas for a Superman uh, solo movie. So I'll just give you a very brief rundown. My idea for it is Brainiac comes to Earth in his, in his spaceship that's shaped like a skull. And, <laughs> and he comes to Earth because he's noticed, you know, with his brainiac waves, all this extraterrestrial activity that's taking place on Earth, you know, all the Kryptonian activity, all the apocalyptian technology that that Steppenwolf was using to visit Earth. Brainiac's noticed all of this, and he wants to come to Earth to get his hands on it, and to get his hands on Superman, because Superman is, you know, one of the last Kryptonians. And, and Brainiac wants to use the cloning technology that he finds in the Kryptonian ship to try and see if he can make more Kryptonians. He tries to make a copy of Superman. Uh, it turns into Bizarro. Yeah. And Superman finds, while he's on Brainiac's ship, that Brainiac has, uh, has more captive Kryptonians, including Supergirl. See, Superman would free Supergirl. He would fight Bizarro and defeat, at least for the time being, Brainiac. Now, Brainiac's uh, ship, his technology would, you know, it's, it's not his main ship, but it would be like a scout ship. 
and it would crash to earth, it would crash in the ocean, you know, instead of a city, because, because people apparently are just somehow fed up with superheroes destroying major metropolitan areas. I mean, who would have thought, right? It only happens in every single superhero movie. Planes and helicopters and whatnot crashing into buildings. Who'd have thought that people would actually get tired of seeing that, especially in America? Boggles the mind, right? Anyway, this would lead into a Supergirl movie because uh, WB wants to make a superhero, a Supergirl movie, and this would be a good way to introduce her. I feel. And it could introduce the character of Lena Luthor as well. Now, Lena Luthor is Lex Luthor's sister. I think that she should be played by Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart is a phenomenal actress. You know, she's great in a lot of movies. You know, if you... If you don't know too much about her, if all you know about her is the Twilight movies, then you should really, you should really see some of the other things she's done. I don't want to get into her whole filmography here, but um, Personal Shopper, you know, is a really great movie. Clouds of the Silk Money, yeah. And And this is what would lead into the really big movie that I want to talk about. The one that's um, the one that's been on my mind ever since I first saw Justice League in theaters. Now, I'd really, I really would like it if they would release the Snyder cut of the Justice League movie. Because it had a lot, you know, from all the deleted scenes and all the behind-the-scenes stuff that I've read and seen online and whatnot, there's a lot of stuff in there that would have led into a much larger cosmic universe for DC, including Darkseid and the New Gods. But WB isn't going that route, and whether or not we get the Snyder Cut, what we have now is a scene, an after credit scene in the Justice League movie where Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor is meeting with Joe Manganiello's uh, Deathstroke, talking about forming a league of their own. <laughs> so they're talking about basically the Legion of Doom. And as much as I want the Snyder Cut version where the sequel to the Justice League movie is the big fight with Darkseid, the next Justice League movie following on from here, from where we are right now, should be a Legion of Doom movie. Kristen Stewart as Lena Luthor could be behind the scenes, you know, trying to help Lex Luthor, you know, remain uh, an escapee from justice, from the Justice League as well. 
and Lex should confess to her a few personal uh, theories that I've had about his behavior in the Batman versus Superman movie. Number one of which, his reason for creating Doomsday. And the comics, Lex um, revives Doomsday on the anniversary of Doomsday's first appearance. And he plans to use him as a ransom for the Earth. You know, he unleashes Doomsday in a populated area. He revives him using Kryptonian DNA, just like he does in Batman vs. Superman. And then in the comics, he gives him to Darkseid. In return, Darkseid leaves Earth alone. He doesn't conquer Earth because now he has Doomsday, this unstoppable killing machine. My own personal theory is that's what Lex Luthor was planning to do with him after Doomsday was supposed to kill Superman in Batman vs. Superman. He was going to turn to Darkseid and say, hey, how about this? You leave Earth alone, I give you a creature that can help you conquer any planet in the entire universe. So, voila. Superman would be dead, Doomsday would be taken care of, and Earth would be safe. And even if everybody thought that Lex Luthor was insane, which he could deal with later, all the threats would be gone. So, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor is the hero of his own story, the self-sacrificing savior of the Earth, which fits any Lex Luthor's ego perfectly. So, that's what I would have him be uh, up to in Legion of Doom, looking for another way to protect Earth from Darkseid with himself as the leader, of course, because he is insane and an egomaniac. Remember when I said at the end of Birthright, Brainiac's scout ship would crash into the ocean? Well, Lex would be hiring with Lena, you know, funding him. He would start recruiting the Legion of Doom to recover Brainiac's uh, technology. Black Manta from the Aquaman movie would lead the salvage team to try and, you know, keep, to try and get to the sunken scout ship before Aquaman's people can get to it. Uh, Cheetah, he would recruit Cheetah to, you know, keep Wonder Woman off his back. He'd have Deathstroke and the Joker keep Batman off his back. He would have Gorilla Grodd, Dr. Savannah from the Shazam movie, and you know, a few other um, a few other tech wizards from the DC universe who are historically members of the Legion of Doom, like Riddler and the Toy Man. Now these would all be people who are there to help him try and tap into this technology 
so that they can use it themselves. And, of course, protect Earth. Um, and, of course, the Justice League doesn't trust him, so they try and go after it themselves. So there's all kind of fights and whatnot. But when Superman shows up to try and fight him, to try and stop him, instead of using kryptonite this time, Lex is able to salvage Bizarro. You know, like I said, in the Superman Birthright movie, uh, Brainiac would create, would try to create a clone of Superman, and it would turn in, and it would turn out wrong and become Bizarro. Lex would uh, revive Bizarro and use him to hold off Superman. Now, this is the basic plan that I have for this movie. It's, it's very straightforward, you know, Lex has uh, an evil plan, although to him it's not evil, and Superman and the Justice League come together to try and stop him, and he's gathered all these supervillains to, to back him up, and there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of complicated, you know, what's going on behind everybody's, you know, ulterior motives. It's just a simple, straightforward good guys versus bad guys. Which I think, uh, which I think people are looking for in superhero movies. Uh, personally, I love Batman versus Superman. I love that it's a movie about two heroes in crisis who are trying to decide, you know, what really makes them heroes. You know, what's the heroic thing to do in the face of all these overwhelming situations that they find themselves in. But I get that not everybody wants to see that. You know, not everybody wants uh, wants superheroes wringing their hands over existential, you know, questions of, you know, why am I here, and what am I doing, and am I doing any good, and et cetera, et cetera. But a Legion of Doom movie wouldn't really have a lot of that. Legion of Doom movie is basically, you know, Lex sees something, he wants it, he goes after it, Superman tries to stop him, and they both have, you know, their teams at their side. So, um, so that's basically what I would do with it. That would be my idea for where the DCEU movies should go. Keep Will Smith as Deadshot, you know, keep Ben Affleck and Jared Leto as Batman and the Joker for a Death of the Family movie. Do a Superman birthright movie to introduce Lena Luthor and Supergirl, and then a Legion of Doom movie. Uh, that's basically it. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you more next week. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. 
online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 